Hey there, welcome back. It's Kathleen, and you're listening to This Insecure Life. Um, we're continuing the discussion from last week about grief um, and how I have broken into sort of two categories of grief. And I just wanted to say up front before like, I dive into um, the second type of grief, blah 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 and like explain and all of that fun stuff that this is just simply one way that I have been processing various different forms of grief in my life um with my grandma's death in March and sort of moving through that it's helped me actually to process um, my previous paternal grandparents um passings and just other uh deaths over the years that I don't think I ever really gave space for, um, as well as changes and endings in other relationships. So this has just been a really um, personal way for me to process and evolve and compartmentalize as well um, what grief is. But I want to be very clear that I don't think that there are only sort of two segments of grief. I think you can um, have multitudes for most things and that includes grief. So it's not like I believe there's only two types of grief and these are the only two and they're the absolutes. It's just what's been helping me and um, that means I'm sharing with you because that's what this whole podcast is about. So um, briefly touched on it there but the two uh, types of grief as I break them down in this mm, part two of this two-part episode and um, processing is first type is when someone passes away is completely gone out of your life um, with we touched briefly on the stipulations of when they're physically gone versus um, illnesses and diseases that they might still physically be present, but their mind is, is no longer there. So that it gets more complicated than this type of one and this type of two, but that's what we mostly talked about last week. Um, and this week I thought I would just dive into the second type, which is when you're grieving the loss of a relationship, essentially, but the person hasn't passed away. Um, so this might be a breakup. It might be the end of a friendship. Um, it could be if you have toxic parents and you've removed yourself from that situation or siblings or um, any one-on-one person relationship that you have either cut ties with yourself or you've been cut out. Um, So that's the second type that they're alive, um, but the relationship no longer exists. And I believe I said this last week that um, for me, this second type is, is the most challenging and the hardest one to process because there is that grain of hope or that thought that maybe someday we can fix this relationship 
maybe right now we've just drifted apart, but we'll come back to one another. And that definitely happens. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say hope is a horrible thing. I think there's a time and a place for hope and knowing where to hold that and how to hold it. Um, but not making it your be all and end all in the process of grief is really important, especially with relationships that you are holding out for that are just not good for you. And this sort of combines a lot of what I've talked about over the last year and a bit in regards to creating boundaries, right? If, if you set up your boundaries and it's a new relationship and they don't adhere to them, they try and trample over them, they ignore them, if you let them, right, if you let that pattern take place, you're setting yourself up to be in a not great relationship. Um, it's not going to be healthy if they can't respect your boundaries or you're not compatible in listening to one another and their boundaries. So whenever I say your boundaries, it's always um, my boundaries and your boundaries in a relationship. It has to be both, right? Where's that? Where are our bubbles meeting and how can they meet so that it's safe and healthy for both of us? And that's not to say that we're never going to bump into one another or meet these boundaries and boundaries can shift, right? And I think that's typically when I've seen um, established relationships fall apart is in large part, um, and, and not always, um, relationships can end for a whole bunch of reasons, but I want to say that the pattern I've seen in my life and in the lives of friends and family when this has occurred and a relationship has ended is typically it's a boundary violation when you're trying to reestablish. So you, you might truly care for this person, right? There's history, there's lots of love, and you are coming out of or you're setting yourself up or you're finding that value in yourself and so you've started to shift your boundaries and be clearer with them. And that can make people really, really uncomfortable if they're no longer allowed to treat you specific ways because you're not going to stay silent. Um, if, you know, you set a boundary that if you need something after 9 o'clock, send me a text message, don't call, but before nine, you can call, no big deal. Um, and they continuously call you after nine o'clock, right? They try to push your boundaries back, despite the fact that that boundary might be there because you've set up a bedtime routine that you're really trying to um, self-care with. So you're putting your phone on silent, giving yourself some headspace, maybe you're reading a book, uh, whatever sort of process and routine you've set up, it includes not being disturbed, not having phone call conversations after nine o'clock just because there's too stimulating for you, right? But you're happy to engage if there's an emergency and someone needs to text you. Totally fine. Um, but 
the people get really upset and they feel shut out or they feel like you're changing and pushing them away or whatever it is that comes up on that side um it can be really jarring for the person when they're faced with boundaries and they haven't seen them before and it can elicit a lot of different reactions and so that to me is the typical if you can get through that boundary change um and move into this sort of new transformation in your relationship or this new phase rather of your relationship then you're on the right path and this grief discussion likely doesn't apply to you and and we do this all the time right we shift our boundaries with the relationships in our lives constantly and usually if they shift back and move back and it's a natural and symbiotic relationship when when these things occur right um but it's it's those moments when you put up boundaries and people don't respect them and don't believe you and sort of laugh at you and push back and you're very clear about your needs in that moment and they're ignored um I find that those are the times that the relationships end and can be really really hard to grieve oh and and it is because I think especially in this this day and age in 2019 um sometimes when I say that I feel really really old (laughs) but it's it seems to be because of the fact that in 2019 we have such easy access to people even when we don't have access to them right so the best advice I have been given and I give but I don't take a lot is if that relationship ends and you are the type of person who um essentially self-harms by stalking creeping looking at whatever vocabulary you want to use in regards to peeping their profiles twitter instagram facebook um youtube twitch what else is there tiktok whatever it is right um reading their blog if they have a blog following their business accounts whatever whatever it is that keeps you engaged in their life and keeps them engaged in your life right you're looking to see did they watch my story did they like my photo um even if you're not in a active relationship these sort of small acts of passivity can make it really really hard to fully grieve and fully let go of the relationship and move through the process in a really healthy way and there's not there's not a right or wrong answer right grief is grief and we go through it at our own rate and maybe it isn't healthy to completely delete and block them from everything maybe that's not a healthy way to move on but maybe you need that for the first two months six weeks whatever it is right so that you can take that focus back to the relationships that were nurturing you that are helping you move through this process that are letting the feelings that come up at the end of a relationship with a loss right 
sadness, anger, um, denial, confusion. Find confusion is huge when a relationship ends. <sighs> and there's this statement about closure, right? We all want closure. I just want closure. I just want to talk to them one more time, get some closure. And I keep seeing a graphic that is what we think closure is, which is words and then time is really small in the pie graph. And on the other side, it says what closure really is. And it's just time with words really small in the pie graph. Um, so think of like, we actually think that closure is 99.9% .9 words, right? Having that communication and conversation. And time is only that 0.1%. But the truth is, it's reversed. <laughs> and it can be a lot to understand that. And time doesn't have to be, you know, seven years, 15 years, three years. Time is all proportional. And what I'm finding is with grief especially, and, and grief is... Grief is an interesting emotion because it encapsulates a whole bunch of other emotions, right? It's love that can't go anywhere. It's wanting to connect and not being able to. And so there's a whole bunch of other feelings and emotions that come up with that. But what I'm finding with grief, what I'm finding with most emotions is letting myself feel them in the moment is actually helping me to move through them quicker. So removing the shame of feeling sad that this person who may not have treated me well um, is gone or feeling angry for the things they said to me, um, looking back and realizing how I acted in that relationship and good or bad regretting it, right? So trying to remove some of that and just letting the moment be what it is and really sinking into recognizing the good relationships that are in my life, um, the ones that are still there, the ones that maybe have faded and come back, right? So that's the funny thing about these, these relationships that end and we grieve them when the people are still alive is that the possibility of someone coming back is always there and that can be really, really scary because you never know and it can make us more anxious if we're already anxious and it can make us anxious if we're not normally anxious and so it's this weird conundrum of a whole bunch of things we want them to come back but we don't want them to come back but we do but we know it's not a good thing and so at the end of the day it's just allowing ourselves to move through and grieve and recognize that it's fucking hard. Losing people we care about, losing people we have connections with is really difficult. And while we can speak into the universe, right, have those conversations or write notes to them, it's not the same as when, at least for me, it's not the same as when someone isn't there and I can have those ephemeral conversations and maybe they're hearing me somewhere wherever they are. <laughs> so it's just, it's a process and it's not linear. 
like anything in life. Um, I mean, I had my, I had, I had, and I have my episode about Gilmore Girls and how it helps my anxiety. And spoiler alert, skip the next couple moments um, if you don't want to know how the series ends. But at the end of the series, Rory turns down a wedding proposal. And at one point, she's packing up her college apartment and her mom um, asks how she's doing. And she says, the waves um, are coming and they're getting smaller, but they're still really close together or something like that. And that's sort of what grief is, right? When we first are grieving, it's these big waves, big waves of emotion really close together. And that big wave of emotion might be overwhelming sadness. And the next one might be overwhelming sadness with a little bit of relief or overwhelming sadness with a little bit of regret or overwhelming sadness with some anger and some denial. And then as we move through the process, the waves get a little bit, you know, smaller. It's now a medium-sized wave, but they're still close together. And then the next wave is really big, but the wave after that is smaller and it's further apart. So it's this organic process of waves moving through big and small, close together, further apart, and just adjusting as we allow ourselves to process what this relationship meant to us, what this person meant to us, how it impacted our lives. Was there a lesson if the relationship ended and they're still physically present? Was there a lesson in this? What was I supposed to learn versus why did this happen to me, right? Um, and just giving, I think I've said giving space like 18 million times in this 18 minute (laughs) recording, but that's sort of what it is. It's, it's starting to really recognize and acknowledge what you need emotionally. And that can be a hug that can be sitting on your couch crying. It can be going out for a drink with friends of the person if the person is gone or your close friends who knew what the relationship was and went through it with you and being together in that. And I've I've been in situations where I have had mutual friends that we've sort of all broken up with other mutual friends at the same time for whatever reason there's been various reasons that that's happened you can grieve together right you can have these mourning periods together and you can celebrate pieces of it whether the person is gone forever um, or whether the person might eventually make their way back into your life and you make your way back into theirs you can still celebrate what it was what it taught you And however long it it occurred, there was an impact on you. And if there was an impact on you, then it's okay to take that space and cry or scream or celebrate um, or cheers uh, and, and take the comforts that you need in those moments. Oh, I feel like I... 
might be done talking. <laughs> um, I think next week I'm going to talk about a book I've been reading. I've like recommended it to so many people. I'm trying to be a little bit better with my planning of life in general. Um, and that includes this podcast because this, this does mean a lot to me. And I feel like, I feel like sometimes people wonder, A, if I'm still doing it because I haven't really been posting on social media when the new episodes come out. And while they come out on Wednesdays, depending on where you are in the world, it's maybe a Thursday. Um, but I'm trying, I'm trying to just do what's best for me and work within that, um, spectrum while not hurting other people. I feel like I've talked about this before, but, you know, taking care of me with the intention of if I take care of me in the best way that I can, I'll be able to give the best of myself back um, into the planet, into this world. And there's a lot of heavy things happening. Uh, so next week, I'd like to just lift it up a little bit, do a little bit of a book review, book chat, <laughs> and um, we'll go from there. I'm trying to decide if maybe I want to move just to doing two episodes a month or how how sort of I'm going to evolve this and I've also thought like well maybe I just take a break again right maybe I just take a six month break really focus pull things together come back rebrand hit it hard and the truth is I don't I don't want to do that I want this to organically flow and that's why I do so little editing that's why I don't really script anything um, because that's the truth and I saw something that was really helpful and I think I think this is something we get in our heads because of the economy we're in and because of uh, the state of the world but everything we do doesn't have to be Jesus Bobbin's going crazy and it's only it's not even it's not even 2 a.m. Um, but everything we do that we like doing, we don't have to be amazing at. We don't have to make money off of. We don't need to start monetizing all those things. And, well, sure, it would be nice to have a higher income, make some money off the things I do love doing. Essentially, this is, sure, let's say it, this has become... A diary of my thoughts something that I put into the world that will maybe help someone else at some point in time if they stumble across it if they need it at that right moment um, it's been part of my healing process and for that I'm grateful for anyone who's listened for whatever reason you listened whether it was one episode or five minutes or all of them it means a lot to me that you spent that time with me. She's seriously going bananas. I have no idea what is happening. This doesn't happen very often with her. She's pretty chill. <laughs> and 
maybe in another podcast they would edit all of that out, but that is part of my life and I'm becoming more secure in accepting my insecurities a lot of times, um, not always and it will never be always, but moving through my space, moving through this world and doing the things that feel best for me and make sense for me, um, again, with that intention of not hurting someone else. So when I say things like that, it's like, is it likely going to hurt someone if you ghost them, right? You've been chatting, maybe you went on a date, maybe you haven't, but it's been a while. It's okay to say this isn't going to work for me. I'm not feeling it and moving on that makes it a lot easier than just nothing right and that's not a harmful thing so trying to, to do as little harm as possible as we take care of ourselves and learning along the way so this is this is a learning process and I have been a bit jumbled in regards to wanting to tackle bigger topics and not feeling like I am the voice that needs to be tackling them. Um, and how can I, how can I elevate the voices that we should be listening to and whose voices really matter and who have the knowledge? Because as much as I think I know everything, I really don't know anything. And there are people out there who are much more brilliant than I am. And it's very okay to admit that. Alright. I had a very long day. My cat's still going bananas. You guys are all amazing. If you have thoughts on grief or how you process grief or how you would break it down, maybe you want to break it down into five types because that's what makes sense to you. Please. Um, get in touch, send me messages, or write it down yourself for you because sometimes just getting it out, pulling that poison out, putting things into words can really help the process along. You're amazing. I love you. I adore you. If you want to peace out, please peace out. If you want to take a breath with me, let's take a breath together. Bye, guys.